0: Welcome to Counselor Find, a podcast for counselors past and present, finding their way in faith and current culture. We are
1: your hosts, Shrek and Shopvak, also known as Terry and Zach.
0: Welcome to Counselor Find. This is so fantastic that you're here and uh, we are just amazed. It's already uh, the eighth episode and it's December 17th. Wow. That's just awesome. Crazy. And so it's great that you're here and we've really enjoyed uh, this journey over the last two months. And, uh, looking forward to what's, what's on the, on the horizon in the next year. Today, uh, we are going to look at, uh, we're going to try and wrap up The Chosen, our review of The Chosen. So we have episode seven and eight as we quick power through these last two episodes and review them. Uh, and then we want to talk a little bit about giving, you know, we're a week from Christmas and we should maybe talk a little bit about that. And is there a, maybe we can spiritualize it a little bit. Or even just put it in context for ourselves where we're at. Yeah. All right. So let's get started here. Um, we'll uh, we'll just look at the chosen uh, season one episode seven mm-hmm. of eight. And uh, what do you think of this? This is uh, this this titled "Invitations." Is it? Yeah.
1: Hmm. Best
0: episode. Best episode. In my opinion. Yeah. So my favorite one. This is the uh, John 3.16 uh,
1: yeah. conversation
0: so in the in the dark with Nicodemus.
1: I think that's what I was going to get out of the way off the bat here is okay. I had no idea the context for John 3.16. So if you also didn't, you don't have to feel bad. If you did, good for you. You're smarter than me. Um, I legitimately had no idea. This was the like the context of that uh, of that verse. I don't even know, I mean, if, if you had asked me who was talking in that, I would have probably said Jesus, but I wouldn't have been, <laughs> I wouldn't have just known that. Like I wouldn't have been like, oh yeah, this is for sure Jesus talking and here's who he's talking to and here's the context of that conversation. So that whole thing blew me away right off the bat. I was like, okay. Then I had to look that up and what was all part of that. And so that was really cool.
0: Yeah. And, it, and the, the episode opens with Joshua and Moses in the desert and you're like, what does this have to do with Jesus? Well, that too. That's so <laughs> fantastic. And then you're like, okay, so there's the snake on the cross and it's lifted up on a pole. And I'm like, oh, okay, there we go. Mm-hmm. That's totally John 3.16. Here's what we're heading towards. Mm-hmm. And uh, But you're right. If you don't have that context, that if you can't place that back in 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 your Old Testament, you know... Where that happened, and then what Jesus is referring to, and he's talking to a scholar, a Nicodemus. Yeah. So when he makes a reference, Nick's going to get this right away. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, and and Moses says to uh, Joshua at the right at the start, it's an act of faith; it's not one of reason. Like, because Joshua's like, "This is a pagan symbol, and we're going to put it on a stick. And what does this all have to do? And and why would God ask us to do something? It just doesn't make any sense." And Moses is like, "It's an act of faith." Not Just reason. Just do it. Just do it. And uh, it's almost that first invitation in the Bible to yeah. to put your faith in something and be healed and, and have that. Uh, and then we get to the conversation with Nicodemus later, where that's really is the whole crux of it, right?
2: Uh-huh.
0: Nicodemus is looking for a leader and Jesus is like, I'm sorry, I didn't come to save you from the Romans. Yeah. Well, if not, then why? Why not? Yeah. I'm here to save you from your sin, and it's just a fantastic thing. Um, any other thoughts here as we go through this episode that, that stood out to you?
2: Well, uh, this whole conversation is really good. I, mean, I don't want to hang too
1: much on it if there's not, like, some of it's made up, right?
0: <laughs> some of it is going to be there for, yeah, for sure. It's the director saying, if there was a conversation in this point, what would, how would we do it? Mm-hmm. What would be the context of this conversation? Yeah. Um, why is Jesus making references to light and darkness in John chapter three? He, he goes into, you know, and he talks about the wind moving. Why is that? And so the author, I think the director here does a really good job of bringing in like, so Jesus is referring to stuff in his context. So why is that? Well, they're meeting at night and there's not enough light. And And our eyes are drawn to light. And what is that all about? Because he talks about, you know, how how men love darkness, but he came to bring light Uh in John chapter three. And he talks about, you know, Nicodemus is just so confused. What do you mean born again? Like that, that makes no sense at all. My mom is dead and and I'm old. Even if I wanted to try and do this, (laughs) this is just ridiculous. And uh, I think there's a real that's just a beautiful scene. Two people, yeah. one just searching, the other with answers that the other one doesn't want to hear.
1: Yeah, I mean, I like how again, I'd have to look up how much of this is really there, but um, he talks about like Nicodemus is like wants to be freed from Rome, and he says I've come more come to do more than just that, and he's like, oh, more miracles, and it's it's more than just that. Like their view of what they think the Savior was supposed to be is so narrow and so like limited um and so that's partly why they had such a trouble accepting it because they didn't they didn't realize what he was doing um and so yeah he talks about that's when he relates it back to uh to uh uh what we saw at the start there with the serpent and the um the stick and all that and um being healed if they looked at it and he talks about that whole story and I mean again did you ever realize that that story related to the cross I don't know maybe you did maybe you didn't but it's really cool how he makes that connection um, and
0: yeah oh I and think, he's foretelling for his death yeah totally he's like just as the snake had to be lifted up so will the son of man be lifted yeah. up for many it's just so and- cool and then
1: we know that now but I don't know It's pretty he neat just, how he does that.
0: Oh, and he blows their, their whole concept of a pharisaical law, right? Or the, like, mm-hmm. you know, like if you have faith, you just have to believe. Yeah. And you're going to be saved and your sins will be forgiven. I came to forgive sins. I came to set things right for God. God didn't come. I didn't come to condemn the world. I came to save it. Mm-hmm. He says that really clearly. And uh, man, we can get, so caught up in what's right and wrong and what's sin and what's not. And we miss the fact that Jesus came to save the world, not to condemn it.
2: Yeah.
0: Like, is it, maybe we're just arguing two sides of the same coin, but it, it's so much more about grace and love than it is about right and wrong.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And uh, what it, wow, that just really catches us constantly. It catches me constantly, every day. I'm, I'm looking at the news and I'm like, this is right. This is wrong. And, and it's not, I just got to stop and say, no, this is about saving people and bringing them to Jesus. Mm -hmm. Um, really great conversation where he just, at one point looks at Nicodemus and says, follow me. And Nicodemus is just like, but I have so much to lose. Yeah. If I do this and I'm old, why would you want me? And he's like, because I just want to, you have faith. You have this curiosity and I want to blow your mind. I want to do something different. Mm -hmm. And you can see Nicodemus and he's like, you got five days and then I'm leaving. And you're either going to come with me or you're not. What are you going to do? And then the very next scene cuts to Matthew working in the tax booth and he's working with the uh, Roman soldier. And Jesus walks by and Matthew looks up and Jesus looks at him and goes, follow me. And and unlike Nicodemus, like people around him are going, like, like Peter and Andrew are like, do, do you know who that is? Like that's Matthew. Like, do you know <laughs> what time out? What are you doing? And the Roman soldier's are like, Matthew, what are you doing? Nobody wants Matthew to follow Jesus. Mm-hmm. And as soon as he asks them, it's like oh, something clicks, something yeah, snaps.
1: The curiosity is just too high. Oh, Doesn't done. matter what else he has. Yeah. I mean the other thing is maybe it's that like Matthew realizes he doesn't actually care about all the other stuff that he has. Like, none of that stuff, the riches or whatever, is enough when you're just alone, and everyone hates you.
3: <laughs> yeah, but his character doesn't
0: even care. He's like, yeah. but it's logical for me to just do this. I'm good at it. Yeah, and he's like, but just in that something moment, gets
1: a hold of him more that he he leaves everything, doesn't care about his riches.
0: Yeah, it's just awesome. That invitation to follow is so, so rich. Um, the, the, I think the so what moment the, is where Nicodemus is like, you would ask me to give up all, like you would ask me to give up who I am. Mm-hmm. And,
3: um, and Jesus is like, yes, but
0: the gain, what you would gain is far greater than what you have to give up. Yeah. And it's a mystery. I can't, it's not something you're going to be able to measure. It's not something that makes sense in human terms. It's not something Mm -hmm. that, but what you would gain and Jesus keeps saying like this, it's a mystery. Mm -hmm. I can't explain it to you. You have to experience it and you will experience the Holy Spirit and you'll experience this great change, but yeah, you have to give up who you are. And that is just so, uh, you see Nicodemus wrestle with it. You've seen Matthew coming to terms with it. So that when the call comes, Matthew's willing to give it up. Mm. But, oh my goodness, that just resonates in our society today. Would you give up who you are?
1: Yeah,
0: right. We don't want to. Like, I am who I am, and I do me, and you do you, and, um,
3: well, I feel this, and so... Uh,
1: well, it's that. interesting because it's like Nicodemus isn't... um like a lot of the other Pharisees or or people who are just like, don't believe in Jesus or don't believe who he is or any of that. He fully believes seems like he knows he agrees with him. He's like in the full realization of who, who this Mm -hmm. guy is. Um, Yet he still chooses not to follow him or Mm he chooses no action on that. And I think that's probably the most like relatable thing to a lot of us is that like we Again, like our heads and our minds—we believe what we hear and what we've been taught or what we know. Mm. Um, but does it actually result in any sort of like action or call to action or lifestyle change? And I think that's like to me that was like the biggest like you can see the both extremes, but we like there's the Nicodemus represents this middle ground, lukewarmness that I think we find we see mostly in, in ourselves or in our the people around us probably in yeah. today's culture.
0: Yeah. And that leads us to episode eight, right? Mm -hmm. Where, where it's five days later and Nicodemus has to make a decision. Yeah. Um, and, uh, I think episode eight, so, uh, so where seven is this great conversation and this, this, uh, pivotal passage in the Bible Uh and you, and there's this glimpse of John sitting on the stairs, listening to Jesus writing things down and, and Andrew just like soaking it up. Um, and John's like, Andrew says, have you heard anything like this before? And John's like, shut up. I'm writing yeah. it down. <laughs> it's, like, it's so great. Um, but yeah, we transition then to, to episode eight where it's like, okay, we're leaving. Mm-hmm. Like we've done our stuff here. It's time to get on the move. And you can see he's kind of worn out his welcome. The Pharisees don't want him there. Uh, the Roman uh, governor, uh, Quintus, the, the, Praetor mm-hmm. has decided like this guy's going to be trouble. I want to bring him in and question him yeah. and questioning's never nice uh, in Roman terms. And so he wants to bring him in because, you know, he's, he's got people following him and he's causing disturbance in the town. And I don't want this in my, my region. Mm-hmm. So he's looking for Jesus. Um, and then Nicodemus is, you know, warned Jesus. And when they met on the rooftop, if you keep talking like this, people are going to sign silence you. Mm-hmm. Um, Jesus invites them to follow, and you get to this point where they all gather and they they get ready to leave at the gate. And Nicodemus is there, yeah, but he chooses not to go. He gives him, he leaves a bag of money, and um, they can't see each other. They're they're not on screen, but Jesus turns around to look for Nicodemus, mm-hmm. and they're like, "Whoa, we found this bag of money." Simon's like, "Oh, look at all the money in here." And Jesus is like, "That is from a friend," and then he mm-hmm. looks around. And he's like, "Oh, my friend, I wish you would have come."
2: Mm-hmm.
0: You were so close, right? And then this, this cutaway to Nicodemus just,
2: oh, it's, uh, rough. it's just, it's, it's rough. It's,
0: he's just weeping. He's like, oh, that, that moment of decision, like, what have I done? What have I mm-hmm. given up to, to hold on? And, and it starts, the episode starts off with his wife saying, I love our life. Yeah. I, I don't want to give up our life. She can see that he's wrestling with something. Like, I don't know what's hit you or why you're sympathizing with this, this desert preacher, but yeah. I love our life. Don't mess it up. Yeah. And the weight of that, of being a rabbi, of being a teacher, of being respectable, of having stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Of, of position or power, man, to give it up. What would we be? what would we give up to follow Jesus? Are we willing to give up who I am? Going back to episode seven, are, are like, would I give up who I am to follow Jesus? So that's a really neat tie from one to the next. Um, this, this episode starts off with the Samaritan and the Samaritan woman, um, Jacob's well in Samaria. Uh, so there's, there's the story of Nicodemus on one side, and then on the other side, you have this woman. Mm -hmm. And, um, so episode eight is the meeting of the woman at the well. And this is the launch of Jesus ministry, like publicly. Now, you know, it started at the wedding in Cana and it was kind of against his will, but here he goes. Mm -hmm. And, um, he meets a woman at a well in the afternoon and, and she's not supposed to be there and he's not supposed to be there. And she's like, what are you even doing here? And he's like, I came to meet you. Yeah. And uh, this divine appointment, this is so beautiful. Uh, when and, and, uh, and if you haven't experienced this in your life, if you're listening and you're like, I've never really had a divine appointment, uh, you need to start saying, God, I need to see the divine appointments in my life. The places where you met me when I did not expect it. Yeah, I was going about my life. I was living in my own way. I was managing my own mess. And then suddenly Jesus is right there. God is right there. And he's like, Hey, I'm here for you. Uh, directly, significantly.
3: Um, right. Really neat, really neat moment.
0: Uh, some thoughts. Do you have thoughts on episode
2: eight? No, you keep
1: going.
0: Okay. I'll Cause jump in. there's some things that I just really like that have amazed me here. um, He knows Mary's name. If we go all the way back to episode one, Mm -hmm. right? He calls her by name. Mary, I know your name. I've called you. You are mine. Right? He's speaking the prophet, but he's speaking directly to her. Uh, In this episode, there's two more women that he sees directly. He says to Eden, I see you. Mm. So Simon's wife, she's like at home with a sick mother-in-law and Jesus shows up and he says to her, look, I know you saw more in Simon than... You saw it before anybody else, even before I did.
1: Yeah, I like that part. And
0: I'm calling Simon to come with me, and that means you're involved in this, because you're the one left behind, and you're just as much his partner, and the two of you are one flesh. So when I call Simon, I'm calling you, and I see you. All you do, all you sacrifice. To a woman, Like it opens up with the Samaritan woman wanting a divorce, and the guy says, no, you're my possession. Mm. Like, the women had no status. It, it, like, they are like a chair. <laughs>
3: yeah. Once they get married, that's it. They were, like, <laughs> the, you were,
0: that was it. And, uh, and for Jesus to stop and say directly, to, to intentionally engage with Eden and say, I see you. I know you, right? He heals the mother-in-law who is, is, is vital and, and important in their lives, but to no one else. Mm-hmm. Um, and then to meet this woman at the well and he doesn't just know her. He's like, if you knew who I was and then he starts to tell her, her story. Yeah. Your first husband was, was Joe and he, or, you know, Joe I don't know, whatever, Whatever. Ra- yeah. Raul and, and Judah, and, and he starts to list off the husbands and how your first husband mistreated you and broke you, and your second husband was the one who actually cherished you, but you didn't feel worthy, and your third husband, and, and she's just like, stop, I just, I can't take it anymore.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Why me?
3: Because, because I know you, because you're going
0: to change the world. And she's just so excited. She says, I have to tell everybody. She becomes the first evangelist. She becomes the first disciple. She's the one who's, who's like, like when Jesus says at the end of Matthew, go and make disciples, that's the first thing she does. Uh-huh. She's like, you know me and you've called me. I have to tell others, go and make disciples. And she brings these people back to Jesus. And um, there's a really neat moment where the disciples come back from town and they bought some food. And he's like, oh, I'm well fed. <laughs> Jesus is just like, I'm so satisfied. And they're like, who fed you? And he's like, Oh, I'm just doing God's work. It's yeah. so cool. And, and Mary and Simon are the first two to click. Right. They're like, and Mary sees a woman finding joy and release and, and hope. And she's like, Oh, it's just like me. And yeah. Simon sees it. And he's like, Oh, game on. We're <laughs> at, this is it. This is go time. And mm-hmm. then the other disciples start to click in the other followers. And, um, uh, I guess they're students at this point.
2: Yeah.
0: Uh, they're not disciples yet. And, uh, and they're just like, oh, here we go. And Jesus is just so excited. He's like, get used to different. Like yeah, He says it over and over again. Yeah, what a great um, contrast to episode seven and episode eight. This, this dark and these questions and these callings to just like, let's do it. Let's move. Let's, let's go and make disciples. Yeah. Pretty
3: exciting.
2: I yeah, I'm just uh, watching back this scene at the well, and it's pretty n- neat how he like he
1: has to do a lot of convincing with this woman. Like, oh she's yeah, pretty, like doesn't not want to listen.
0: No, um, she's deep in herself. Yeah, like trying to fix it, trying to find hope, trying to find going about her mess.
2: Yeah, but uh, yeah, it's it's cool because I think.
1: Like, it wasn't an easy situation. Like, it's not like it just... um So this is where, like, Jesus wants to make his mission known, right? Mm-hmm. And it wasn't just, like, easy for him to, like, get the word out. Like, he had to really convince this woman to go tell people. So it was very clearly a, like, a purposeful act of, of him that he wanted, like, he wanted to make sure that this woman specifically went and did this. Do you know what I mean? Like, it wasn't yeah. just, like, she was... Just saw some miracle happen, and, and she would happen to be the one that would tell people. Like he had to convince her, essentially, and he did.
0: <laughs> yeah, like when you you think about it now that you you think back on the biblical story of it that's being portrayed here, and you see like all the problems with mm-hmm. picking this person. Yeah, and then I think of like people I I know in my life and that I've met and that you know, they're, they're deep in their stuff and they just need Jesus. And when you come and you bring hope and you like give them the answers they want, man, they fight back because it's mm-hmm. their stuff. Like it may be my mess, but it's my mess. And I know it's broken and, but I'm not really ready to let Jesus fully into it. And he's like, man, stop, stop. Yeah. It's so different. He's like, when I come, I'm here and, and it's now time to worship in spirit and truth. It's not about place. It's not about routine. It's not about how you do it um, or when you do it. Man, are we ever stuck in that, right? This church, our churches are rocked that we can't meet on Sunday mornings. And he's like, it doesn't matter where or when or how you worship in spirit and you worship in truth. It's about heart and mind. It mm. is about, um, God entering into you and you entering in with God. And getting past all your mind and your barriers and finding truth. Getting past all the lies of the world around us and finding truth. Uh, Getting past all that individualism that we see around us. That we had, we saw in Nicodemus. If only Nicodemus had experienced this. He couldn't get past the, the perceptions, the people around him. What he would have to give up. Right. And then you have someone who has nothing to give up. And she's like, I don't want to give up the nothing I hold on to. And when he finally convinces her, she just runs away, just exuberant, like overwhelmed. Like I can give up my nothingness to find everything. And it clicks. It's just awesome.
1: So how come, like, why would he choose her? Like, it's not the logical choice. No, it's not, not the, the easy logical choice. choice. No. So why choose someone who's going to be like less believable, essentially? Like why someone who's kind of a reject, no one likes, why would they believe her? Why choose her?
0: I think it's because if we go back to the start of the, the episode, mm. and, and it's going to be a theme, you know, he does it different, he get used to different. So that's one theme. Yeah. Get used to different. The other theme is, uh, he's having a party at Matthew's house Mm -hmm. and they're Pharisees and prostitutes and there's people like, you know, the, the Roman soldier shows up and they just invite him in and, um, and he looks at these people. He's like, well, I know what these people do and I respect what they do. Yeah. And you got a bunch of like laborers and Jewish people. And he's like, I have no respect for them. So perspective is a big part of it. And they're like, why are you doing this? And he's like, because the people that need me are right here. Mm-hmm. The people that will accept me are right here.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's kind of how I've always viewed it. It was more that um, he knew who was going to accept him. Right. Like, who was going to be the ones that would actually follow him or actually listen? Like if he goes yeah. to the Pharisees and says, it's your job to like bring out, bring forward this information that I'm telling you, if it was them, who's going to tell people they wouldn't have done it. Right. Well, maybe they would have, we don't know, but I think it's safer to assume that but there's that there's so much not to lose, happened.
0: right? That's Nicodemus. There's yeah. so much to lose. I just want to follow, but there's yeah, so Yeah, even much a guy who
1: actually believed himself yeah. still wouldn't do it, Couldn't. let alone the other guys who didn't want to believe. Yeah. Anyway, that would be my thought on that, I guess, but
0: Nicodemus believes in his heart. He just can't take that step to believe with his walk, right? His mm-hmm. talk is there. Um I think that's I think that's a big part of it. That, that he came to heal the sick and the, it's the sick that need a doctor, not the healthy, and he says that to them. He's like it's the those that have been forgiven much will love much. Mm. Like they get it. And he comes to her, and once he convinces her that he really is who he is, she's like all in.
2: Well, actually,
1: (laughs) too, when Nicodemus says in episode seven there, he says something about uh, our people aren't dying from snake bites. They're dying from oppression and taxation. Yeah. Well, maybe he's come and he's talking to and saving the people who are dying from oppression and taxation, which the Pharisees certainly are not.
0: Right. (laughs) No, they're like,
1: not. And he's not going and meeting with those people who are doing well in society. He's meeting with the people who aren't.
0: Right. And, and Nicodemus wants someone that's going to overthrow the system. And Jesus is like, I'm here to overthrow the system, but not the system you Just think of. It's in a different way. It's yeah. a, like, I'm here to save people from their sin. And they're, they're well, focused yeah, yeah. on people looking like they know what they're doing.
1: Yeah. It's kind of like, a, in a way, by saving people from their sin and giving them the eternal life the system that they're stuck in is kind relevant. Yeah. He acknowledges that living under Rome sucks yeah. and the Roman rule, but uh, instead of just saving them from that in that time and that instance, which has happened in the past, right? When, the, when Moses um, and God saved people from the snake bites, well, there's still more trials to come. There's still mm-hmm. more issues to come and it never stops. There's always going to be these earthly things to be saved from and to be um, healed from or whatever. Right? but. As long as that's why he's come to, to give them the permanent one.
0: And he humanizes her. He, mm-hmm. he makes her like you, you're not a possession. Yeah. You, I see you, right? When he comes to Eden and I see you and he comes to this woman at the well and he's like, I know you. Mm-hmm. In fact, I'm here to meet with you, the person, not, not the, the woman gets passed around or the, the person seeking some kind of meaning in life. Because you've been relegated to be someone's possession. Right. You are a human made in my image. You're
3: someone I love. And I want, like, there's
0: so, it's such a redeeming moment of her being real. It's really beautiful. Yeah. That's uh, awesome. It's just amazing. It's something that we don't, we don't get to experience fully all the time. I, I love it. It's great.
1: So. Hopefully, you watched the Chosen, yeah, uh, and you enjoyed it. I think it's only going to get better. Like from the clips I've seen of the stuff they're filming, it's uh, well. I mean, the stories get better in the Bible, so yeah. assumedly the 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 live action's only going to get better too. Yeah. So,
0: and Jesus is heading to Jerusalem. Mm-hmm, he's on like, his way. That's why I, he's I in think Samaria.
1: Every episode's going to be pretty pretty neat. You got to have miracles and action, and and probably every episode from here on out. So.
0: Yeah. You're going to have community. Romans and temple soldiers and mm-hmm. people fighting and yeah, uh, Jesus is going to trash the temple. That's going to be exciting to watch. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think these are some things we're going to look forward to.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, if you have been listening to this and you haven't watched The Chosen, that's great that you're listening. We would still really recommend you go and watch it because it's super good and worth it. And
0: uh, yeah. Yeah, that's it. Season one. They've started filming season two. They're starting crowdfunding for season three. Mm-hmm. So that's really cool. Um, there's really neat interviews with some of these actors. I would say So mm, yeah, they, I saw they one, good interviews.: I saw one with the guy who plays Jesus. Again, who is an actor? Uh, his story's really funny because he showed up the first time to do something for um, the director's church. It's Dallas Dallas is the director.: Yeah. So he shows up to read for a part for their church. They're doing a Good Friday service and he's doing a, a video. Yeah. And he wanted to read for the thief on the cross. Because the, the guy on the cross had all the lines. Jesus, he's like, Jesus had five lines. Like, where's the yeah. story arc? He's like, I, as an actor, I'm not getting paid to say five lines. Like, I want to do <laughs> something. Um, and then Jesus cast him as, or Dallas cast him as Jesus. Mm-hmm. And he's like, okay. So he showed up at the church to watch it. In the church on the Good Friday, and he was blown away because there was thousands of people watching this show mm-hmm. that he just, you know, showed up to read for a part and got this part as Jesus, and he just saw it as a character. Yeah, and um, and that was, I think, he said 2015 or 2014, and in the time since, he's he's given his life to Jesus. Wow, and so as the the chosen launched. Back in March, he was doing a one-hour prayer on his Facebook, and he said people were showing up and praying with him. And his journey to Jesus has been, one, very unique because he's actually played the character.
2: Uh-huh.
0: <laughs> so he's like, this has just been a really strange, surreal journey to God. And he said, maybe it affects my spirituality because of, of his journey. It's a really, really neat interview. Uh-huh. So if you're, if you're curious about the actors behind it, Um, what it's like to play Jesus and how they came and where they're at. Most of them are not Christian.
1: Yeah. Like they're not, they're they're actually Jewish too. Right.
0: And some of them are (laughs) Jewish and some of them are not like Mm -hmm. the guy who plays Nicodemus is very namaste, like following the way he's been living in a trailer with his dog for the last three years. Like he's probably
1: one of the most professional actors on the, Show right, like he's he's done the most. Yeah. Like he, I've definitely I've seen him in other things.
0: Before. Yeah, him and the guy who plays Um Gaius, the Roman centurion. Yeah, I've seen both of them. He is. Uh, he's got quite a resume behind him, and does a lot of acting and teaching and stuff. So, yeah, really neat show. Um, thanks for joining through it with us, and we're sorry it took eight weeks, but there was eight episodes, <laughs> and we are excited to kind of go through that. We are now. Let's like let's transition here a bit and talk about Christmas. It's a week away. Mm. That's pretty exciting.
1: Yeah. Um, That's weird.
0: It's going to be a weird Christmas (laughs) season. And uh, next week we'll actually be doing just a a pre-Christmas show on December 24th. Yeah. Um, Our episode nine will be just that pre-Christmas. But let's talk a little bit about giving. Um, A lot of times we'll come to this conversation and uh, it's time to give or uh, you know, we hear about it in our churches where we're giving and, um, or giving to charities or giving, you know, Giving Tuesday was just a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And what does that all mean? Um, so I, I kind of wanted to stop and just look at it. What's what, from a biblical point of view, what is giving? Um, giving in the New Testament replaces the word tithing in the Old Testament. Uh, the word tithe is, uh, it means 10%
3: to give a 10th. Mm-hmm. And um,
0: so when you look at giving and tithing, they're two different things. And it's kind of giving has replaced the word tithing. And I thought it would be really important if we just talked a little bit about what that looks like. Giving is from generosity. Uh, tithing is a 10th. And I wrestled with tithing for most of my life. It wasn't something I grew up doing. Our church, Uh, It wasn't mandatory. There was a box at the back Mm. and people could tithe Mm -hmm. to the church. Um, But I didn't grow up always loving my church. So I'm like, well, why would I want to give money to something I don't really love or want to be (laughs) at? And my parents make me come here. And I've had to kind of grow into that. Uh, The importance of being supportive of the church, even though it's not always something I fully agree on, but it's where I've identified with and... And I see the work they do, and I want to give to support that. Um, so tithe. Tithe is 10%. And a good rule of thumb is a 10-10-80 rule. That's what I, uh, we work towards in our home. Uh, we give 10%. We're going to save 10%. And then the last 80% is what we live on. Those mm-hmm. are where our expenses, we buy our groceries, we pay our, our bills, we buy you know, food and clothing and stuff from that.
1: And so an extra giving would come out of that 80 then?
0: Then giving would come from that 80. Okay. Yeah. Um, but to get to 10%, for me, that was a real bargaining with God. Um, even to get to a point where I was saving, if I'm going to save 10%, mm-hmm.
2: that
0: needs to be a real bargaining with God. Uh, but that's, that's a personal thing. <laughs> I wrestle with saving and saving is important and it's biblical, but it's also something I really wrestle with when I read through the gospels and see that Jesus is like, let tomorrow deal with tomorrow and today deal with today. And uh, so that's my own personal story and we can dig into that another time. (laughs) Sure. So 10% 10 tithing, uh, I think for for us for a while it was five, five and 90. We just had some debts that we had to deal with and it's it's where we needed to be but always giving to God off the top and recognizing that that's his. So if you have a job and you earn a paycheck, whether you're, you know,
3: 14
0: or 40 or 90 or whatever it is, when that money comes in, you should be giving immediately to God. Mm-hmm. And we give immediately to our government. <laughs> they take it off before we even get our paycheck. Yeah. Um, but you should learn to give back to God right off the top. And if you can learn that discipline of giving to God, that tithe, that what he what he's deserves, um, it's going to change your perspective on, on your paycheck and your money, because it's not yours to begin with. It's, right. it's his. Uh, so that's kind of where that came from. Then we, if we talk about giving then, in the New Testament, it shifts to, to, to measuring and seeking your heart and, and seeing that out. And they're talking to Gentiles that didn't give. Tithing wasn't part of their uh, way of being. Um, and it, it is a very much a way of the world's religions. We see it in like the Sikhs and the, the Muslims and the Jews, they all understand tithing.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, but our New Testament church has kind of looked at it and gone, okay, well, let's just give them our heart and what we feel like we should give. Mm-hmm. there's a couple of passages where, where Paul was asking people to give and to give from their heart and to give cheerfully and that God loves when people give cheerfully. Uh, and so that's very clear in the New Testament that when they're talking with this, this Gentile church that doesn't have this structure,
2: uh-huh.
0: just learn to give. There's also a spiritual gift of giving where God enables people to give beyond their means and to give and blesses people so that they can give and support uh-huh. missionaries and churches and, and agencies and non Christians and, the, and, non-Christians and and people in need and widows and orphans, like there is a gift that just God blesses people and they are able to give, you know? And I, and I know I've heard stories of people who live on a reverse. They do an 80, 10, 10, they give 80%, they live, they save 10% and they live on 10%. Wow. Uh, just, just what they've, they've committed themselves to is we're going to give and God, God blesses that. And that's the way they're able to live. That's awesome. Um, and and I see those people. Uh, sometimes they're they're really successful in their businesses because they've committed themselves to being so transparently independent of God.
3: Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's kind of a neat thing to see. Um,
0: what can you give when you don't have a lot? So some of yeah. us don't have money, and some of us don't have uh, jobs or whatever. So, there's usually three things or areas where we talk about giving time, talent, and treasure. Um, treasure, that's your money, that's your stuff that you own. Uh-huh. That's, that makes sense. Talents would be your abilities. Uh, some of us are really good at different things. Right. You may be uh, amazing at video editing or PowerPoint. Well, that's a talent that I don't have. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, if you're able to give that, that's amazing. Uh, there's so many places you could use those talents other talents like you're maybe you're good with numbers you're good with um i don't know hockey you're good with sports you're good with reading you're good with uh tutoring teaching there's so many different places where you're talented you can make cookies you i can't make cookies not good cookies um maybe you can i can barbecue so i love to to give my time when I barbecue for people when we have them over because I, I I love it and I seem to be okay at it. I'm not like awesome chef Ramsey kind of person, but (laughs) who knows what your talents are. So give your talents to people, uh, time, give away your time. I can't say that I have nothing to give you Zach when actually I have time to give you. And I
1: amazing,
0: I know. And, uh, it's, It's a really limited resource that I have. I only have 24 hours in a day. And to give your time intentionally to somebody is so important. And if you feel like you don't have enough time, you got to look at where you're losing time, where it's being stolen from you.
1: So, like volunteering, mentoring, those kinds of things.
0: Yeah. Uh, Volunteering, mentoring, uh, sitting with a friend, being in connection with people, um, spending time with people that are visiting uh, family even that
2: huh.
0: don't get a lot of visitor. That's a, that's, that's a really inv- Going amazing. Going to see your grandparents. Going to that's see the best your grandparents. Thing you can do for them. Go see them. Just give them your time. Uh-huh. Um, they're at a point where, it, and, and maybe you're older and you have that abundance of time. What are you doing with it? You're like, you, you're not invaluable. You have all this time. Uh-huh. Invest it in, and younger people invested in, in your church, invested in, and those same, some same needs, right? So there's so much we could give. Um, yeah. What else can I talk about? Oh, Any questions?
3: I don't think
1: so. That's pretty cut and dry, pretty clear, pretty yeah. unarguable.
0: Like Christmas is a time where we really give a lot and yeah. we, we make sense to give meals or it makes sense to give, you know, desserts or gifts and stuff. Yeah. But it's got to be a practice that we employ all year round Mm -hmm. of giving.
1: One thing I would say about like monetary giving, financial giving, whether it's tithing or just giving, but um, is that it, it's okay to start at a small amount. Like you can just do a few bucks. If you have that's what you have, that's fine. Or you're not sure. And it's, you know, it's hard to do Just start with a small amount. And it becomes pretty easy to build that amount up and make it more, um, even just committing to like monthly, Giving somewhere or something like that, even if it's five bucks, ten bucks, twenty five bucks, like most people can give that amount, especially if you have a job and not notice or care. um How much do you pay for Netflix? Match that to start. I don't know how many times you go to Dons a month. Match that, and then you can kind of go up from there. And it it, it does get like a lot easier, and you start to not even notice that you like had that money because mm-hmm. gone. And then you can also you start building that up, and yeah,
0: yeah, we. We, we've tried to um it's uh, yeah, I don't know what I'm trying to say here. It's such an amazing thing when you get 20 dollars a month uh-huh. from somebody, like at camp when I see that, and it's yeah. regular, because that's them saying, this is worth something to me. Uh-huh. Uh, this is this is something that I can commit to and yeah. and we believe in you, and it, that's what it says to me more than anything, is that every time that 20 dollars goes out of their bank account to camp in a month. um, That's a, that's them taught. Like they see it on their bank statement and it's like, well, they're going to see that and it's coming to camp and they're going to think about camp. And then it puts us before God. Uh They're going to say, Oh yeah, I gave my money to camp. And Uh so that's a little prayer for camp. Every time they do that, it's them saying, Hey, we commit and we believe in you. And if we could get 10 people a month doing $20, that's awesome.
3: Uh-huh. That's $200 a month.
0: We get 50 people a month doing that. That's unbelievable. We get hundred people a month doing $20. You know, that's going to cover some of our basic costs in a year. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it's one of those things that, that'll snowball.
3: So. Can
2: we do something fun?
3: Sure. What do you got in mind?
2: <sighs> Anything, man.
0: Okay. Do you want to sing got, a song? Should we nothing. sing a Christmas carol to people?
1: Heck no. And say goodbye singing. and we'll
0: see you in a week for our Christmas show.
1: There's absolutely no chance I'm going to sing.
0: No. No. Um, Let's do this top, top three. We did top three Christmas uh, movies a mm-hmm. week ago. Uh, let's do our top three uh, Christmas foods. Foods? Yeah. <sighs> what are the things you just love okay, okay. about Christmas that are just oh. like, oh, those are the best three things about Christmas foods. Okay. Got it?
1: I've got two. Okay. If you go first, I'll have it.
0: Oh, I got to go first. I haven't even had a chance to think. I oh, just you, thought up this okay, thing.
1: Okay, okay, okay. Go ahead. Well, we can just take a pause and think about it, but- Oh,
0: no, go ahead. I, this is okay. going to be great.
1: We'll just, we'll just go for it. Okay. Um, I wanted it's, to build up to my number one, which oh, I already you do. have in my head, Okay. But
0: I, don't, I don't have my number two and three. I don't know if I can do it in a particular order. Okay. I, I love eggnog.
1: Oh, you're so gross. Of course, I, you I know eggnog. I know. Oh, Everything I do,
0: every time we start a list, you're like, oh, the how could you even say that? Always so bad. Always oh, so okay. bad. Move on. But you don't get it any other time of year. You're just oh, like, oh, yeah, eggnog. It's like so but, wonderful. Hey, what else? Um, Fudge.
1: Like so far. Christmas fudge. This is just the worst list. Because people
0: don't make fudge. At any other time. Sure they do. No, you don't. You have you to go buy fudge. You all can go round. buy fudge. Right. But you actually show up <laughs> at people's houses and they have it.
1: Oh boy. Right. Okay. Cause it comes sure. out on
0: this tray of like Christmas cookies, which is just another fantastic thing about Christmas. Yeah. Everybody has, has like cookies and squares. Uh-huh. And, and so maybe, maybe I'm being really specific with fudge, but it's those Christmas cookies. Yeah. Like, Oh my God. Like, I'll just use that as one thing, that tray of, Delight. Okay, everywhere so not you go. just fudge. You're not saying just like fudge.
1: Christmas cookies.
0: Yeah. Christmas cookies. Like
1: the smorgasbord of desserts oh, that people wow. bring wow. So amazing. That's probably going to be on most people's list. Can you maybe narrow it down to one thing on the smorgasbord? A fudge. Fudge. That's mm. great. It's so weird. Thanks. Third thing.
0: Uh, third thing. Uh, favorite food at Christmas time. Okay, so it'll be. That's uh, terrible. Can I use this? It's a winter beer.
2: Sure. That's so, Granville I
0: mean. Island probably like puts out their winter ale yeah. every year at Christmas, and it's only available for like these five weeks. Oh. And uh, they did one one year, it was a maple
2: yeah.
0: shack ale, and it was just unbelievable. I can't find it, but they do a winter ale every year. Interesting. And I really enjoy it. And, and I can only get it this, this like four weeks around Christmas. Yeah. Yeah.
1: All right. Well, mine are all different. It's okay that I had
0: a beer on there? Yeah. Okay. It's
1: fine. Thanks. Uh, Okay. So my third one would be the candy cane ice cream.
3: Candy cane. Oh, disgusting. (laughs)
2: What? That stuff's
1: amazing.
0: No. no. I love it. You. Oh, no. It's so good. Right back at you. You can diss my eggnog. I can just say it.
1: Everyone loves candy cane ice cream. Okay. Uh, Second one. So my mom makes these. I'm sure most people have this, but makes mashed potatoes, but then she like twice bakes them so that on the top there's cheese and bacon, and oh, it's like mixed in and then that it's, sounds like, amazing. On top. Yeah, so they're they're pretty good. She makes oh. them Christmas and sometimes Thanksgiving, mostly just Christmas. So. Oh,
0: that is unbelievable.
1: Yeah, I'm usually pretty happy with those. I would That'd be think like the so. the favorite item out of like the Christmas meal for sure. And then oh. number one, by far. It's without a doubt peanut butter balls. Oh, yes. Or there's like the peanut butter with chocolate around yes. them. Yes. I know exactly what you mean. Oh, they're just so good.
0: And you have to keep them in the, they have to stay cold or they'll melt. they are. And then they come out on that little tray of yeah. cookies that we were talking about.
1: Yeah. Yeah. The smorgasbord. Yeah. There are only two things that I'll typically eat when it's like the Christmas cookie still dessert selection comes out and it's peanut butter balls and arrowroot squares.
0: Arrowroot squares, really? Have you never had arrow squares? Oh, I have, okay. but I wouldn't, like, I wouldn't, oh, for me, it's like the, uh, the caramel coconut, yeah, uh, coconut. squares.
1: I know what you mean. coconut. gross. Yeah. Like those two the things caramel are basically in all I have though.
0: Oh, my sister-in-law makes, um, it's like a shortbread with caramel and peanut butter and then chocolate on top. It's mm-hmm. a little square. Those are good too. Oh, I that like is those. stunning. Yeah. Like the, cause the, the shortbread just like offsets it. And you're mm. like, oh those are pretty good. Man, that is amazing. Chocolate stuff. and peanut
1: butter wins in my heart every time. So. Yeah, uh,
0: caramel and peanut and chocolate mm. would, would win for me. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I okay, think, so that was my three. Oh, that's fantastic. I would have struggled with five though, that would have Yeah.
0: Hard. That's uniquely Christmas, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that is tough.
1: Cause even like I don't know, like turkey, I mean everyone has turkey. It's not that special. But right, right, and you have it three times too, a year. So. In Easter usually. Yeah.
0: Maybe, Pine- Like when we were growing up, my grandma used to make these Jello pineapple rings. Mm-hmm. I don't miss them.
2: No,
1: but I
0: ate them as a kid. Like, it yeah. was awesome.
1: Yeah, I'm but trying I don't. to think of other stuff, but I. No, I think that's it.
3: This is uniquely Christmas. Yeah, yeah, those ones are pretty
0: good. All right. Like, well, that's pretty awesome. That was fun. That's a Thank wrap. you. <laughs> so, Christmas, giving, wrap, nice. Ah, nice. Like that. Wrap it up.
1: So, if you're looking for it. somewhere
0: to give this year. Oh, yeah. There you let go. Let us know. Yeah. If we're both looking for presents because we're not buying something for each other.
1: <laughs> not that. Uh, CBC would love oh, to yeah. see if your Sorry. donations. That's
0: what you meant. I knew oh, that.
1: Plug. Um, you <laughs> are you donate, calling me a plug or are you plugging? You, plug you go to the website, figure out how to donate or message us.
0: Yeah. Thanks, everybody. This has been fun. Thanks and for that's, joining us. That is the end of episode eight. We'll see you next week.
1: See ya. Bye. Bye.
3: The Grinch! Max, let's go!